Thanks for watching NTD Business. Coming up, Disney CEO Bob Chapek has been replaced by former CEO Bob Iger. It happened so suddenly, Iger himself says he's amazed. A family-friendly competitor has Disney in its sights, though, and scored big at the box office this past weekend. We talked to Angel Studios about the premiere of The Chosen, Season 3. And U.S. companies like Apple will soon be able to get cutting-edge 3-nanometer microchip technology right here in American soil. How? We have that and much more coming up on NTD Business. It's great to have you with us. Paul Graney here. The FTX saga continues today. The U.S. Senate said it'll hold a hearing next week to look into the sudden collapse of the cryptocurrency exchange. The hearing is set for December 1st, and the chairman of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission will testify there. FTX's downfall is now rippling across the crypto industry, with the company saying it owes more than $3 billion to creditors, according to a bankruptcy filing in Delaware on some Saturday. Creditors of the Bahamas-based cryptocurrency exchange are owed at least $100 million each. While the company names were redacted in the court documents, they are believed to include major firms like BlackRock and Sequoia Capital. The collapse of the crypto exchange has also left an estimated 1 million individual investors like you or me facing substantial losses. FTX is now scheduled to present more information tomorrow before a U.S. bankruptcy judge. Also, in the same time, the Royal Bahamas Police Force is investigating possible criminal misconduct in the company's collapse. Also, the House Financial Services Committee says it plans to hold a hearing in December about the collapse. And Elon Musk reinstated former President Trump's Twitter account on Saturday to much fanfare along his base. But Trump doesn't seem to be in a rush to start using it again. Instead, he says he'll stick with his own platform, Truth Social. Truth Social uh, is, is through the roof. It's doing phenomenally well. Truth Social has been very, very powerful, very, very strong. And I'll be staying there, but I hear we're getting a big vote to also go back on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't see it because I don't see any reason for it. Twitter, of course, banned Trump after the January 6th Capitol breach. That was nearly two years ago. Some of his final tweets asked January 6 protesters to remain peaceful. Elon Musk, the new owner of Twitter, apparently based his decision on a poll of Twitter users. After 15 million votes, Trump was reinstated by a 52 to 48 percent margin. Also, Kanye West, now known as Ye, he's back on Twitter too. He was blocked for two weeks after some controversial comments. Musk welcomed him back, saying it wasn't his call to block the artist. And Disney's board has replaced CEO Bob Chapek with former CEO Bob Iger. The surprising switch happened late Sunday night. Iger had been chief executive for 15 years from 2005 to 2020. He transformed Disney into the powerhouse it is today through the acquisitions of Pixar, Marvel and Star Wars, for example. Last night, Iger emailed employees saying he was both grateful and amazed. Anonymous sources told news media Chapek and other executives didn't even know about it until that email. We spoke with former Disney Senior Vice President of Theme Park Design Joseph Lance Cicero, who's currently the Vice President of Zeitgeist Design and Production. 
but he was with Disney for 37 years and worked very closely with Bob Iger. Bob um, has a deep affinity for the brand. He is a brilliant um, businessman and strategist. He knows how to build relationships. Um, he understands the guests. Um, and I think with, with all those attributes, um, I have high confidence in his ability to, to come in and kind of steer the ship in the, in the right direction again. Lon Cicero says Disney is more than just a company that creates entertainment. He says it creates deep emotional attachments with its audience. And the CEO ends up becoming the face of the company, which people have become emotionally attached to. Lon Cicero worked under three different Disney CEOs, and he says Disney's previous CEOs had a strong affinity for the Disney brand. They connected with fans through their warm and charming personalities. But Bob Chapek was different. He really came at it as a businessman, and, um, and people saw that. And you can't, you, know, you can't change a tiger's stripes. You know, we are who we are, and, and Chapek was a businessman, and took it on as, as a, a business dealing. Of course, the big CEO switch isn't just about warmth and kindness. Money might also have something to do with it, a little maybe. Disney earnings were terrible in the last quarter. Bob Chapek had missed Wall Street estimates in profit and major revenue segments. Movies didn't do well. The direct-to-consumer division lost a whopping $1.5 billion. And also theme parks brought in way less than expected. One reason could be that Disney is increasingly embracing woke ideology. Executives are pushing extreme left-wing activism in every facet of the company, from erasing the words boys and girls from its theme parks to tracking canoclial trans characters in its children's programs. Disney shareholder Bahal Chester says Bob Chapek's stance on social issues may have hurt the bottom line. He got in a lot of trouble when Florida enacted the Parental Rights and Education Law, the law that forbids teachers from teaching about LGBTQ issues to students under third grade. First, Chapek ignored the law. This angered his Disney employees. Then Chapek said he would fight the law. This angered many conservative audience members. Disney shareholder Bob Chester believes Disney's recent movies may have performed poorly as a result. Disney has damaged itself badly, very badly, um, in the eyes of much of the public. The country's divided. You can't just embrace one political uh, side of things. The days of companies weighing in on, on divisive political issues and being able to get away with it and, and pressure, you know, state lawmakers or, or governors to kowtow to their views are over. Chester says he doesn't know how Bob Iger will deal with the social issues. In an old interview, though, with the New York Times, he said he was a registered Democrat, but that he considers himself a centrist. Although records show he left the Democratic Party in 2016. We don't know why exactly, though. Disney investors, though, seem happy. Disney stock rose 6% today. And Iger may be looking over his shoulder, though. Angel Studios is a grassroots production house that makes movies and TV shows around what you would call more traditionally wholesome values. And it just had a massive weekend in theaters. The third season of its series, The Chosen, premiered this past weekend and netted over 8 
million. That put it in third place, competing with and outdoing some of Hollywood's top movie makers. The Chosen chronicles the life of Jesus Christ. Here's a clip from the official trailer. You look troubled. I am. You're losing something. I know what that's like. What are you losing? Time. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Someone touched me. If you are really the one who is to come, or should we look for someone else? The Chosen Season 3 doubled the box office revenue from last year's opening weekend. That marks a major breakthrough for a company that does things just a little differently. Angel crowdfunds its productions, meaning thousands of angel investors like you or me chip in and choose which titles will be created, funded, and distributed. This allows creators to make movies and series that wouldn't get funding elsewhere, like in Hollywood, for example. That makes Angel's success all the more impressive as they're working with a far smaller budget than producers like Disney. So with us now from Angel Studios is Jared Giese. He's the Senior Vice President of Global Distribution. Jared, thanks so much for coming on. Glad to be here. So congratulations on the big weekend. As I mentioned, we're thrilled for you here at NTD for the success you've had up until now. Uh, how's the atmosphere at Angel after the weekend? Oh, everybody is uh, very thrilled. Uh, it's exciting to be watching the numbers coming in all weekend. And uh, and so it's, it's just a weekend to celebrate uh, what the chosen community, the fans that uh, have created the show have done this weekend. It's been incredible to, to watch the development. Uh, for you in distribution, why was it important to launch in the theaters? Well, you know, we, we look forward to actually many more theatrical releases of Angel Studios originals because we know that fans, they love to get, to get together and watch, especially because we build communities of fans around each of our shows. So theatrical is the most communal viewing window, you know, the way to watch content. So, you know, traditional distributors, like, they'll take their films to opening weekend in the hopes that they might have an audience. But with our model at Angel, we know who the audience is uh, because they've already told us because they've invested. They're in our apps. They're watching. So because we we know who they are and they're they're excited to go to opening weekend with us to celebrate. So being in theaters to just celebrate the content that uh, that they help create is is why we're excited about theatrical. Do you have any way of knowing how many people have watched the chosen or watched your shows over the years? Yeah, so far the chosen uh, in in our app just has been viewed uh, over 420 million times. Wow! Um, and we've actually had a, a media analyst uh, that that looks at all the data across the different channels where we distribute, um, and we've reached over 100 million people with the chosen so far. And we're just getting started. Our, our mission is to reach a billion people, so we are about 10% of the way. Uh, and so, with seven seasons planned, we're really excited to c continue to support and reach many more people. Absolutely. I think an interesting testimonial that I heard was a friend had brought a, a person who didn't believe in God or wasn't a Christian, was an atheist, and the friend said after they watched The Chosen, the movie, 
they went home and they binge watched the previous seasons. They just thought it was fantastic. And, and from listening to some of your team, this isn't an isolated case. People, people who, who don't necessarily have faith enjoy the show. Why do you think that is? Well, I think, first of all, it's just good television. People just enjoy watching the show. And so that response absolutely is a very common um, story that we hear, that people from all across the spectrum of faith and different worldviews are discovering the show and discovering who the authentic Jesus is by watching The Chosen. Uh, and so we're really thrilled uh, to see and hear those kinds of stories. Um, and, and that's why people get involved with the Pay It Forward, because they, they want other people to see it. And so the fans are absolutely the ones that spread the word they share. They'll give the DVDs to people. They'll say, hey, you got to watch The Chosen. Sometimes the people say, oh, it's a Jesus show. I don't want to watch that. They might have to have four or five people tell them, okay, I'll finally watch. And I think that's why theatrical is so exciting, because you see the numbers publicly in the box office. And for us to be in the top three uh, in, in America, you know, up there with movies from Disney and Searchlight, it brings a lot of awareness for people to go, oh, what is this thing? Maybe I'll go watch seasons one and two and on, you know, on the Angel Studios app or wherever. We're going to be on many other platforms as well. And so we do some unique kind of distribution methods to, to help people see the content wherever they like to watch. Mm. I think to, to be competing with these big established movie makers is just incredible to see. Jared Giese, Angel Studios, we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. And down on Wall Street, main indexes ended lower today. The Dow lost 45 points, one-tenth of a percent. S&P dropped 15 points, four-tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq fell 122 points, one and one-tenth of a percent. And as we watch the global economic downturn worsen, Deutsche Bank expects defaults of risky or leveraged loans to hit a near record high in 2024 of 11.3%. Leveraged loans are usually taken up by companies with already high levels of debt and below investment grade credit ratings. That makes them risky. Deutsche Bank analysts say these companies will face a significant hit to their profit margins over the next two years, with the U.S. economy likely to slip into recession in the second half of next year. This will lead to more distressed exchanges, missed interest payments, and that could trigger an increase in default rates in 2024. For 2023, it expects default rates to be kept in check, but then start rising after that. And Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company confirmed it will produce its most advanced microchips on American soil. This is one of those win-win situations. It's good for the semiconductor industry, it's good for the United States, and it's good for consumers. Anthony Stan Ma has more. The world's largest contract chip maker, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, or TSMC, is planning to produce cutting-edge 3 nanometer chips at its new Arizona factory. The company's founder said Monday that the plans are close to completion. The founder, Morris Chang, has retired from TSMC but remains influential in the company and the broader chip industry. Although this has not completely been finalized, let's say it has almost been finalized at the same plant in Arizona during phase two. Phase one is five nanometer chips, phase two is three nanometer chips. 
TSMC announced back in 2020 that it was constructing a new $12 billion plant in Arizona. Construction of the main chip facility was completed in August, and mass production is on schedule for 2024 using the chipmaker's advanced 5-nanometer process. Chang, speaking to reporters in Taipei, said the 3-nanometer plant would be located at the same Arizona site as the 5-nanometer plant. When operational, this will be the most advanced chip manufacturing process technology on U.S. soil. So what are some motivations behind TSMC's building a plant in the U.S.? We spoke with an expert in the semiconductor industry, Robert Atkinson. He's the president of the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation. The motivation is really both push and pull. The, 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 the push factor is that if China were to take over Taiwan, either peacefully or through military means, they would control what TSMC does. And if there were additional conflicts with the United States, the U.S. government is rightly concerned that China, they would have that as leverage over the United States. They could simply say, we're not going to export chips for you to you uh, until you uh, comply with what we want. The pull factor is from the CHIPS Act passed this summer by Congress. There's a slew of incentives provided to companies to build new fabrication facilities for semiconductors in the U.S. TSMC accounts for about 90% of the world's super advanced computer chips. The company supplies tech giants like Apple and Qualcomm. Because the company is now in the U.S., there's, there's just closer working relationships. So that's easier for anybody who's buying TSMC chips. There's less... There's less political and geopolitical uncertainty. And that's what companies want in the long run. These companies are investing 5, 10, 15 years ahead of time. TSMC customers will benefit from the proximity of a world-class foundry and the supply chain that surrounds this industry. Bloomberg reported last week that Apple is preparing to begin sourcing microchips from a plant under construction in Arizona. According to the report, Apple CEO Tim Cook was likely referring to an Arizona factory that will be run by TSMC. Don Ma, NTD News. And Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway said it bought more than $4 billion of stock in TSMC last week. In September 30th regulatory filing, it said it owned about 60 million shares of TSMC. It's a check for you. And America's largest rail union, which represents conductors, has rejected a tentative labor deal with freight railroads. The rejection means the nation faces a growing risk of a crippling freight rail strike within two weeks. Meanwhile, the nation's second largest rail union, representing engineers, ratified its own contract. The conductors will stay on the job as negotiations resume in an attempt to find an acceptable deal. Wall Street Journal reports that they don't come to a deal, workers could go on strike as soon as December 4th. The no vote follows similar contract rejections by three other rail unions. If even one of the 12 unions goes on strike, the other 11 would honor the picket line shutting down the railroads. If the unions can't reach deals before the strike deadlines, Congress could order the railroad workers to remain on the job or return to work. One estimate warns the U.S. economy would lose $2 billion each day railroad workers were on strike. And employees at electric vehicle maker Rivian are complaining of job-related injuries. Bloomberg reports that workers at a Rivian automotive factory have accused the company of safety violations at its Illinois plant. Anthony's Sean Marshall has more. Employees at electric vehicle maker Rivian are complaining about injuries and the possibility of injuries. 
At least a dozen employees at Rivian Automotive have accused the electric vehicle maker of safety violations at its Illinois plant. as according to complaints filed with federal regulators. A Rivian spokesperson issued a response, noting that the complaints represent just 0.2% of the 6,700 employees at the plant. The complaints allege that Rivian ignored known hazards and disregarded safety resources, resulting in some workers having to share respirators while working, along with a number of injuries including broken ribs, a crushed hand, a broken foot, and a sliced ear. One Rivian employee said management fished damaged electrical cables out of the garbage and told employees to use them. In a statement emailed to Bloomberg, the company said creating a safe and inspiring environment is a daily practice we expect of every Rivian employee and is part of our operating procedures. The company's shares were down over 5% on NASDAQ in mid-afternoon trading. The stock has dropped about 71% this year. Sean Marshall, NTD News. We're going to take a quick break, but still to come. Oh, if you have any news, tips, or feedback for the show, please email us, business at ntd.com. Still to come this evening. With inflation squeezing consumers, bargain hunting for holiday shopping is more important than ever. Stay tuned for money-saving tips. And love letters from a famous musician sell for top dollar at auction. Who do you think wrote them and to whom? We have that and much more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. With high inflation, Christmas shopping is more expensive this year. So NTD spoke with a money-saving expert to help you stretch your dollars this holiday season. Not all the big sales on Black Friday are worth the deal. Andrea Warrock, a money-saving expert, shares her tips for deals and steals. On the list for things to look for on Black Friday are big screen TVs, personal gadgets, video gaming consoles, and then sometimes we'll see a select doorbuster on maybe a sweater or a PJ set. For regular toys, Warrock suggests shoppers wait until two weeks before Christmas. Later in the season is best for winter apparel. Warrock says travel deals are the best on Travel Deal Tuesday. That's the Tuesday after Cyber Monday. For airfare in the new year, hotels, vacation packages, car rentals, you will find the most deals on that day. Warrock says using online tools to track deals automatically takes a lot of guesswork and hard work out of bargain hunting. So you can go to a site like camelcamelcamel.com. This analyzes prices of products sold on Amazon specifically for up to 120 days. You can also set sale alerts on things you want to buy using the honey's drop list feature just add all the items you want to buy and they will alert you when it goes on sale coupons will make your deals even sweeter so want to add a tool to your browser like Scently. this will automatically track coupons and apply the deal with the biggest discount to your cart 
so you never miss out on any extra savings. To add icing on the cake, War Rock suggests shoppers use couponcabin.com to get cash back for online purchases. She also recommends the Bread Cash Back American Express card for an unlimited 2% back on every purchase without spending caps. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News. And love letters from one of the most celebrated songwriters earned a pretty penny. The 42 notes a teenage Bob Dylan wrote de decades ago to then-girlfriend Barbara Ann Hewitt sold for nearly $670,000 on Friday by RR Auction. The Boston-based business says Dylan wrote about his future aspirations of stardom, as well as expressing feelings for Hewitt. Hewitt met Dylan in high school, and according to RR Auction, they had their first date on New Year's Eve, 1957. Hewitt then held on to the letters until she died in 2020. That's the latest in the NTD Business Team. I'm myself, Paul Graney. You can always follow me on Twitter, though. Oh, and if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us, business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.